When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the Nick Bop Podcast. Uh, of course, the podcast is brought to you as always by Pella Windows and Doors. Make sure you check out the showrooms in Omaha and Lincoln. Go to PellaOmaha.com. And we're brought to you by Shoot360 Lincoln, the world's most advanced basketball training facility. We're a, a, a membership based basketball skills development factory, for lack of a better term. We, we are using NBA-level technology that meets you right where you're at. So from you know, second, third, and fourth grade rookies all the way up to, to college and NBA-level pros, our patented and proprietary technology will get you better faster. You're able to get real-time feedback with our technology after every shooting, passing, and ball handling rep you take inside of our facility. So check out Shoot360 Lincoln. Uh, today okay uh, it is midnight uh and Creighton just knocked off number one ranked UConn 85 66 inside the CHI Health Center I don't know how I'm supposed to sleep after that I got the kids to bed after watching the game I got the dishes done did all made coffee for the morning all that stuff and I just am down in my pod room and I, I got to give you guys uh some some reaction to what was an incredible incredible game it it, it kind of it feels like hyperbole to kind of go down this road but all things considered caliber of opponent number one ranked team in the country defending national champs at home and, and to play like that the way Creighton did I mean if that feels like arguably the best performance or one of the best performances or wins for Creighton basketball it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to compare anything to an NCAA tournament win or a conference tournament championship game victory because the stakes are they are what they are they're win or the season is over kind of a thing you know but if you just take this game for for what it was to me it's it's got to be near the top if not the top one I mean Seton Hall for a Big East regular season title in 2020 the 2014 Villanova game in Philly with Doug and Roggy and those guys where they reined in 21 threes the Doug senior night just of a coronation for the for the greatest Blue Jay of all time and that group maybe I mean if you you know I don't even want to talk about certain conference tournament title games or or NCAA tournament games because those are like almost a, a different section of of wins you know but this was the reigning national champs number one ranked team in the country UConn 24 and 2 they just finished beating the tar off Marquette just a few days ago at home I mean I, I read some stuff Today on- online before the game about UConn versus the field in the NCAA tournament, and you know, I, talking to different different people, people, where does this team rank for all time best teams you've covered and all that stuff? Like the that was the conversation around this UConn team as they marched into Omaha. 
And Creighton just smacked them. It was 11-3 UConn. So, like, the game, UConn delivered the first punch. It wasn't like Creighton just, like, got off to a hot start and never looked back. It was 11-3 UConn at the 15-51 mark of the first half. 11-3. From that moment on until the 10-18 mark of the second half. So, what is that, about 26 minutes of, of game time? Those 25, 26 minutes were truly spectacular. Again, Creighton trailed 11 to 3 at the 1551 mark of the first half. Creighton led UConn 69 to 48 at the 10 18 mark of the second half. Outscored UConn 66 to 37 in that 26 minute stretch. Outscored UConn by 29 points in 26 minutes. Dan Hurley said after the game, he was like, it felt like we just walked into a buzzsaw. And and that's kind of what it, it looked like. It was incredible. I mean, to score 85 points and shoot 55% from the field and, and shoot 50% from three against that defense, wow. It's funny, I went on on Sportsman-like Conduct on 1620 in, in Omaha with, with my good pals Josh and John. And I, I went on the, and, and previewed the game. And they were asking me about, you know, hey, what matchup is the most concerning defensively for Creighton in terms of guarding UConn and all that? And I told them that my bigger concern in this game wasn't defending UConn, it was Creighton being able to score enough. It was it was Creighton's offense. Well, so much for that. Like it's it's amazing when you stop and think about the first matchup against UConn on the road at UConn. Think back to that game. Creighton got straight up punked in that game. There were moments in the first game against UConn that it truly looked like varsity versus JV at times, where Creighton couldn't even enter offense. They were way pressed out. Their timing was all off because they couldn't even swing and reverse the basketball. They turned it over a bunch in the first half. Creighton scored 48 points at UConn. They just hung 85 on UConn. Creighton scored 48 points for the game. And in this one, Creighton scored 43 points in the first half. Like, it was, to contrast the two offensive performances from the first matchup to this matchup, truly night and day. Creighton handled the ball. They had only seven turnovers for the game. That was my number one concern heading into this game, was Creighton's ability to handle the on-ball pressure and physicality from UConn defensively. And Creighton answered the bell. Creighton got stops. They were able to get out and transition off of string together some stops, I think, which helped a ton. That physical on-ball pressure isn't as hot when you're in a broken floor transition situation offensively. The less you have to deal with UConn set half-court defense, the better. So that was important too. So it all your your defense helps your offense. It all goes together. That's the beauty of the game. But 
let's not kid ourselves. Arguably, the biggest thing that happened in this game was Creighton was hotter than shit from three, especially in the first half. Creighton was 14 for 28 from three. Six different Blue Jays made a three. They were eight for 15 from three in the first half, and they didn't cool off in the second half going six of 13 in the second stanza. So the three-point line was huge. You figured, like, how this team is built, they're they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, and boy, were they feeling it tonight. And it wasn't just one dude. It was a total team effort. And it was amazing that Creighton was rolling the way they did in the first half because they didn't do it with Baylor Shireman. They did a lot of it without Baylor Shireman. Baylor Shireman was kind of a non-factor in the first half due to foul trouble. He had zero points and two fouls in the first half and sat for a pretty good stretch. And Creighton somehow rolled. I, I said in my last pod that I thought Baylor Shireman was the Big East player of the year right now. And Creighton just built a big lead in the first half kind of without him doing anything which is a, a credit to a lot of things and a testament to a lot of things, but we got to give a big nod to Creighton's bench. How about Creighton's bench? Jason Green. I mean, what? Jason Green, redshirt freshman, Miller North, baller in high school, redshirted last year, practiced, trained, worked, Hadn't made a three all year and banged not one but two huge threes against UConn. Plus had a nice cut and finished at the rim. So finished with eight points. But maybe my favorite play of his was his hustle play he made in the second half. It was incredible. Where he fell down, was, was sprinting from behind the play, sprint the floor and blocked. I thought it was Tristan Newton that was taking a three. Blocked a Tristan Newton three from behind. Just amazing hustle. With with Jason Green, you could kind of feel the last few weeks that that Green was getting more and more comfortable. He's getting more and more minutes, and and boy did did he come up huge in that game. It's a testament to him for sticking with it and staying ready. It's not easy when you're on the scout team and you're you're not playing. You, not to mention you hadn't played all last year, and he just. He missed such a crucial time of the year. He gets hurt, misses the final two weeks or so of, of preseason. So end of, you know, in October, all the way into November, he was he gets hurt and he misses all of that time, which is a really important time because there's a ton of install stuff of your offensive and defensive system. It's also when you're competing the most for minutes. And when then he, he misses the non-conference games where he could have gotten some game minutes, which he needed. So he was just kind of a ways behind. And it feels like over the last two, three weeks, he's, he's, getting, he's getting there. He's getting more and more comfortable. He was huge in this game. Francisco Farabello, his, his stat line wouldn't jump off the box score at you, but I thought he was big too. Smoked two big threes in the first half. Because and, and all those made shots, like they got the crowd, like that crowd was a powder keg that it needed something to light it off. And like Farabello hitting threes and Jason Green hitting threes and Ashworth hitting threes. We'll get to Steven in a second. But like you needed to get the crowd into it. 
But Farabellos made two big threes in the first half. He made a great pass to Ryan Kalkbrenner for a dunk in, in, a, in a fast break to cap off a run. He defended really well. He was good. Just overall, those, those role guys or the others, as Shaq calls them, the, the supporting cast played really well. Between Mason Miller, Francisco Farabello, and Jason Green, those three guys combined for 22 points. They were 6 of 9 from 3, and they had zero turnovers. Let me tell you right now. You can get that kind of production from those three guys. Creighton's going to be really hard to beat. Really hard to beat. Now, of course, we're so spoiled. Ryan Kalkbrenner and Trey Alexander were really good, too. I mean, they were really good. Kalkbrenner's presence at the rim at the rim defensively was super impactful. Again, he finished with four blocks. Some were some huge highlight big-time plays, too. He, he finished with 15 points, five rebounds. He played all 40 minutes. He fought Donovan Klingon all game. Not very many teams have a dude that can battle that guy. Creighton does. And, oh, by the way, apparently Kalkbrenner has the Dirk Nowitzki one-leg fallaway, too. What was that? What? Apparently he's got that in his bag now. But Kalk was money. Trey Alexander was good too. 16 points for Trey, four assists, zero turnovers, made some timely mid-range shots, got to his spots. And to go back to Baylor Shireman for a second, you know, it's not easy to be in foul trouble and have no flow and no rhythm and you score zero points in the first half. It's not easy then to like find, uh, get into that flow. But man, Shireman made some big shots and big assists and played really big in the second half when Creighton really needed it. I mean, Shireman finished the game scoring 12 points, all of which were in the second half, and his stat line for the game ends up being pretty dang good. 12 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Pretty darn good day for a guy that was in foul trouble. But, okay, we we haven't got into the guy that was was kind of the star of the night. We got to talk about the dude that was incredible and who is on quite a roll for the last month or so, and that is Stephen Ashworth. It was kind of his night. He was the guy when Creighton had it rolling. He led Creighton with 20 points. He was incredible on both ends of the floor. I went back and looked at it. It was 23-21, to UConn led. And Stephen Ashworth then just took over. Ashworth scored 13 of Creighton's next 18 points. And do people understand how hard he was playing? There were, I kept on, I kept on rewinding the game. And telling Kim and telling Mava, my eight-year-old daughter, like I don't even know if they how much they care, but I kept calling him over. I was like, "You got to see Stephen Ashworth here. Look at this. Look at this effort. He was chasing Cam Spencer all over the place. Which, by the way, Cam Spencer is like off-ball movement is nonstop. He would have to chase Cam Spencer all over the place. Then he would have to handle the ball versus pressure. He would have to score, make shots, and distribute the ball, set up the offense." And he even stuck his nose in there on some tough rebounds, too. He played 37 hard minutes. He finished 5 of 13 from 3 and was on a heater for a stretch in that run that we talked about where Creighton outscored UConn by 29 in that, like, 25, 26-minute stretch. Overall, 
Stephen Ashworth's rise here has kind of changed Creighton's team. And it's changed Creighton's offense for sure. And, you know, Ashworth, he's been been through quite a bit this year. He kind of became the whipping boy for people. Even I was hard on him for a bit. But the reality is he wasn't playing all that well. He certainly wasn't playing to his capabilities for the start of the season. He wasn't shooting the ball well. He wasn't defending like this. But things have clicked for him. Now, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It, it was probably naive for us, all of us, media fans, people covering the team. It was probably naive to think they would all just like happen right away for Stephen Ashworth, where new team, new system, new role. It was it was probably going to take some time. But it appears like Steven Ashworth has found himself and his groove with this team now. The last 11 games, last 11 games, Steven Ashworth is averaging 15 points per game. He's been in double figures every game. He scored 20-plus points three different times, and he's made 35 threes in that stretch. So he's making a little over three threes a game. The first 16 games, he was averaging just about eight points per game. He only had six double-figure games. He had zero games where he scored 20 or more. And he was making just a little over one three a game. He was shooting a really poor percentage. He was struggling early. Now, he's playing with confidence. He's shooting the ball better. He's doing more and making more plays and pick and rolls. He's seeing things at a higher level. He's continuing to take care of the ball, and he's really become a good defensive player. And in some ways, I think him finding some confidence on defense helped him find his way in finding some confidence and finding his groove on offense. Ashworth is... Such a steady person. He's older. He's mature. His body language is an, body language and approach never really changes. So sometimes he was he was hard to read, but you you knew he was he needed some good things to happen on the floor a month and a half ago to start to really feel good about himself. And I I think some of that stuff started on defense, which is a lesson to to all basketball players out there, that you can find a catalyst for confidence in other ways than just scoring the ball. Oftentimes, you need to make some other plays to get yourself rolling beyond just making a layup, making a three, making a shot. And I think think Steven Ashworth has done that. I think he found his offense because he kind of found his defense. I know that sounds weird, but that basketball's interwoven like that. I didn't know he had this type of of defense in him. I didn't know he he was he 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 was going to be able to to chase guys and 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 fight the way he has. Now I did know he was too good of a shooter to stay cold, and boy, he's starting to heat up. And him heating up with his jump shot, I think, has made other parts of his offensive game easier. But he has really, really found a groove in the last 10 or 11 games. And listen, Baylor Shireman is Creighton's best player. 
He's he's been the best player from night number one on November seventh till tonight on February twentieth. Baylor Shireman's been the best dude, the best Blue Jay. But I don't think it's a coincidence that Ashworth finding his offense has also coincided with Creighton finding their offense as a team. Those two, those two dots are pretty easy to connect for me. Because, guys, Trey Alexander, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Baylor Shireman, you can pretty much pencil in what you're going to get most nights. Like You're going to get pretty consistent production from them. They really, the Jays really needed Stephen Ashworth to join the party to unlock things. And he finally has. And all of a sudden, I pull up Ken Palm after this game, looking at it right now. Creighton is ninth in the country in Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency. All of a sudden, Creighton's got a top 10 offense according to Ken Palm. First seven games of conference play for Creighton, it, it, it was a grind. It was a grinder type of a team, right? I mean, sixty-eight, sixty-six, lost to Villanova in overtime. They scored sixty-six points in overtime, sixty-seven points at Marquette. Had to grind sixty-six, sixty-five over St. John's, sixty-nine, sixty over Providence. Like they were, they were having to grind some of these games. First seven games of conference play, Creighton was averaging sixty-seven points per game. Last nine conference games, Creighton's now averaging eighty-six points per game. That that's quite the jump. They've scored 90-plus three times. They've scored 85-plus six times. The lowest point total they've scored is 78 points. And again, to tie back to Ashworth, I I think it's a pretty easy, like, okay, so what changed? Hmm. What changed? Steven Ashworth changed. That's That's what's unlocked this thing. Shireman's a star, and he's been a star. Trey Alexander's a stud. He's been a stud. Ryan Kalkbrenner's a beast. He's been a beast. Ashworth, this Stephen Ashworth that I watched tonight score 20 on the number one ranked team in the country, that was not Stephen Ashworth I watched play against Iowa. You know, like that, that was not that same dude. It's not the same dude that I saw play against UNLV or Colorado State. Or Villanova in in the first matchup in, in December. So those dots, man. Steven Ashworth has found his offense. Creighton's found their offense. So I said it, I said it in my last pod before Creighton knocked off UConn here that I liked where CU was where, where Creighton was trending. This team has found its groove offensively. And not that this team necessarily needed it, but I don't know how a win like that against num- the number one team in the country, against UConn, reigning national champs, doesn't give the Jays some serious confidence. I mean, Creighton was one second from the Final Four last year. 
Last year, Creighton beat UConn, the team that won the national title. And tonight, Creighton just beat the number one ranked team in the country, UConn, who was 24-2 and coming to Omaha, beat them by beat them by 19 points. Feels like Creighton is trending towards a four seed or if they keep it going, maybe get to a three seed. So Creighton has positioned themselves to have a pretty special march, potentially. Pretty exciting stuff. But for now, you got to appreciate what you just witnessed if you're a Creighton fan. That was an all-time performance. That's on the short list. And maybe it's at the top. I thought the crowd looked and sounded incredible. And listen, I say it all the time, but I got to keep on saying it. Greg McDermott, man, like this guy is elite. I get to see a ton of coaches coach with what I do for for Fox as a college basketball analyst. I get to watch practices. I get to watch shoot-arounds. I get to talk to them. I get to study them. And I'm telling you, Greg McDermott is a top 10 coach in college basketball right now. Coached his ass off tonight because I got a lot of respect for Danny Hurley and what, what UConn is. But Greg McDermott's pressing a lot of the right buttons, getting this group to start to, to really – come together so big salute to coach McDermott big salute what a win what a night what a performance Creighton knocks off number one ranked UConn 85 66 had to come down give a little quick instant reaction to that game because that was that was special that was special A Heard at Sports Network production.